Hi everybody, welcome back to Pagan Switchy Corner. My name is Pagan and I'm sorry first of all to my audience who's getting this episode a little bit delayed. We had some major Mercury and retrograde tech issues the first time we recorded this wonderful interview. Uh, yeah, it didn't work. It ended up corrupting the file and nothing wanted to play correctly and then eventually I plugged it into the editing software and the editing software said it didn't work. So here we are trying again. So allow me to introduce to my audience the wonderful and the great Tudor Beth. You guys have heard me talk a little bit about Tudor Beth's work in the past when I did a review of her first book in her Little Hedge Witches book series, which was the Little Hedge Witches book of spells, spells, <laughs> spells charms, and brews. Yes, I, I had to think for a minute because I don't actually have it in front of me. Spells, charms, and brews. That's the one. And then the newest one is the seasonal magic one. That's book two in that series. And she also has a great book out by from Wiser, which is spell books for the seasons. And she has tons of beautiful books that are also self-published, which we're going to talk all about because self-published books need just as much love as traditional publishing books. So stay tuned for all that great stuff. We're going to talk all about it. It's going to be fantastic. But Tudor Beth, welcome again to the show. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> it's like deja vu. It is Here deja vu. <laughs> it's been such a wild Mercury with retrograde. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about how everything that could break this retrograde has broken and I'm not here for it. I don't like it. <laughs> I know, I know, and there's nothing you can do. There no. isn't really anything magically. You just have to ride out the storm, and that's basically it. You just ride out the storm. You know it's going to come. You just got to prepare as best you can and just ride it out. Because sometimes storms are just going to come, and you just mm -hmm. got to go with it. And, you know, the, like I was saying before, this is probably the worst one I've experienced in a while. And it's funny because maybe it's because of the moon in Scorpio and I'm Scorpio. Maybe mm. that's why it's hitting me harder. I don't know. I'm not a big astrologer person. Um, but usually Mercury, when it's in retrograde, is a little bumpy, but not bad. Usually I'm the one that can ride it out pretty well. And everyone around me, their, their world is on fire. But this time mm. for me, my world was on fire. <laughs> Well, well, hopefully it won't happen again for another, I don't know, decade. Oh, gosh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. um, but to everyone out there, I hope that your Mercury in retrograde is going as smoothly as it can in your world is not currently on fire and everything is not breaking for you. Hopefully it's going well for you. But if it's any inclination to what I've seen from my friends on Twitter, uh, we're right there in the trenches with you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, oh. let's go ahead and start off talking a little bit about your newest book, uh, which is the Little Hedwitch's Book of Seasonal Magic. Uh, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about the book, and then I will talk about all my favorite things that I loved about the book. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah. So it's the second book in the series. Um, it's the Little uh, Little Hedwitch's uh, books uh, library. It's the Little Hedwitch's Library, basically. They're, they're called Little Books of Hedwitchery Library, something like that. It's a library. <laughs> so there's going to be other ones. But this is probably one of my favorite ones because I love the seasons. And when you live in the Northern Hemisphere, and especially when you're living in England, you are literally surrounded 
by the seasons and everything changes every you know you can really see if you took like a time lapse photo of the garden you could see the changes you know those stereotypical changes throughout the year um which is i i, I love and because it it just it infuses you it brings mm -hmm. extra kind of rhythm to your life and also to your magical practice as well with all the different herbs and vegetables and fruits and and just basically everything that's available to you throughout the year and it changing all the time and and i think in this day and age it's important if we start to live in harmony with mm -hmm. the environment for so long we've been we, we've kind of disassociated, disassociated ourselves with nature and with the seasons. And I, I do think it's very important to, you know, right on the base level, basically, you know, the eating the fruit and vegetables that are, are available at that specific time and not, you know, I, I mentioned it before somewhere as well. Um, you know, you, you, you don't expect to eat spring onions in November or December in the Northern Hemisphere, you're not, you, you're not going to be able to eat them, mm -hmm. you know, so that they, so just eating, you know, attend the farmer's markets, go to your local farm shop. We, we have farm shops out here, um, but there are farmer's markets where, where you buy the produce, which is literally just probably been picked off the land mm -hmm. in the morning. And, and you just, you know, you can make so many things with it. Uh, and I think that's very important. So I love the seasons because it's 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 such a gift from Mother Nature and such a gift from the goddess if you adhere to the goddesses um, and deities. But you know it, it it's there, it's around us all the time, and it is a beautiful gift. And we, we shouldn't ignore the seasons. Some you know sometimes okay in in November. I don't know I don't know about where you live, uh, Pagan, but here in uh, England in November. It, it will be definitely the mists and mellow fruitfulness. You know, mm -hmm. we have a lot of fog and it's very, very Greek, uh, as my Scottish um, <laughs> and cousins would say, which is like dark and damp and, and just really cold and rainy. But there's also, it, it's very mysterious. I, I love fog and all of that stuff. So all the weather um, phenomena and formations that, are in sync with the seasons as well. I just love, I just love, I love going for long walks in the fog because that I, is great. That's, I you know, totally feel times, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because they're, they're the times when you can really feel like the energy and the magic and all around you. And it's very easily to slip into that hedge witch mode of just like, oh, I'm going to go. <laughs> Yep. I, I feel that. I feel, you know, it's funny that you kind of mentioned all that. Um, I, I told my husband years ago, I said, you know, I think that I was born with a soul that lives in the wrong location. And he goes, what mm. do you mean by that? And I said, I live for places that get cold and dreary and look like, mm. you know, you stuffed out of like a, you know, witchy movie that, that that's where I need to be, where the summers <laughs> are beautiful, but, you know, the winters are just mysterious and dark and twisty and all yeah. that and that you know 
and Tennessee gets a little bit of that, but it doesn't get a lot, unfortunately. Um, we just get really hot, lush green summers, which gives us mm. long growing seasons. But, you know, it, I love what you were also saying with your garden and getting to see the transition with the seasons. I don't get to see my transition. I get to go from winter to everything is green to we're in the heat of summer to everything has died and it's now winter. I don't really get that fall and spring fields, unfortunately. Oh, um, that's they're the best times. I know. I miss it. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, spring and summer are those times where you've got the equinoxes on either side of them. You've got mm -hmm. the vernal equinox in the spring or the spring equinoxes, as, as many people call it. But And then in the autumn, you've, you, you've got the, the autumnal uh, equinox as well, which falls around Maybon. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're so, I mean, they're, they're so... Um, alive with like magic and possibility and a lot of different energies are in the air at that time i mean we, we, people often say about you know halloween or sawin that um that the veil is thin but actually you know what the veil is thin at other times of the year as well and mm -hmm. especially around that turning time of the spring turning time of the spring equinox and going into beltane and then and then also hexenact as well as, as the night before the Beltane um, uh, festival. But, it, you know, there's so much. I mean, Hexenact is what we would call here in the North the the spring Halloween. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's basically a spring Halloween, which is really nice. And traditionally, people would dress up in masks and have fun and, uh, you know, build the bonfires. And, it, and it's that beginning of the spring and the summer and you've planted the plant, you know, the, the harvest, you're planting the seeds and things for the harvest and, and all of that. So it's, you know, there is so much energy going on in spring and, and autumn, which is, which is a shame you don't get really to, to enjoy it. You know, I, I would say, though, probably as a fellow hedge witch, energetically, I feel them. I feel, mm. especially around uh, Beltane and Samhain, um, I definitely feel the, the energy shifting for sure. And, you, you know, feeling that pull of the veil being thinner and the spirit communication being much easier to access and all that during that time. So it, I, those are the times that I kind of live for. Like, it's funny because... I'm not a really big person into Embalk or um, Ostara. Um, even Midsummer, I'm not really big into. But you mm. give me Beltane and yeah. even Mabin and um, uh, Salon and even Yule. Like, those are the ones that are really big for me. But mm. is there any time out of all of the holidays that, as a hedge witch, that you really just kind of live for? <laughs> It, yeah, actually, you kind of mentioned it. Uh, Yule, I love midwinter. I love that time from midwinter all the way through uh, because traditionally it used to be from from midwinter. So roughly round about the round about the twenty first, the twentieth, twenty first, that those celebrations would last. I mean, nowadays, what with work and schools and this, that, and the other, our, our modern lives has taken away that. That, that importance of coming together during the bleakest month and it is a very very dark month but then recognizing that we've got midwinter which is also the uh, solstice it falls mm -hmm. around the solstice as well and so the, the the sun is returning and we we sort of kind of drifted away from acknowledging that and it would be a it would be sort of like a full 12 days because it is the 12 days of 
what you know Christians call now Christmas, mm -hmm. but it was the 12 days that you would celebrate. You'd all be within the family. You would all go into each other's houses and, and in the community and party. And it would be like a 12 day party and it would be like nonstop. And, and I love that. I think that would be just brilliant. You know, work stops, the <laughs> harvest stops, you know, and, and this is, you know, we're going back right to our pagan roots of living off the land and, and working the land. But we had 12 days that was like fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I do love that. And I love to like kind of limit my responsibilities during that time now. Um, and and that, that's kind of a, it is a tricky thing. I'm sure you've experienced mm -hmm. it as well as being a hedge witch, like trying to live that life of a hedge witch in a modern world. It is very, very tricky to do. Yes. Uh, and, and I think that's, I mean, that's, Part of the reason why I wrote the books as well is like, okay, how do I do it? How can, how can I help other hedge witches to appreciate what we live, how we live, what we eat? Um, you know, you can, you can be a hedge witch in this modern day and age. I would definitely say you could as well. And, it, you know, it, it's funny that you were talking about the 12 days and all that. Uh, this last year in 2021, um, me and my family decided that we were going to do uh, the kind of more Norse tradition of Yule where it's the entire month of December is from December 1st all the way through December 31st. And I think it actually yeah. goes through January 8th, I think, is the way that it actually goes and i think we did ours through january if i don't think i actually took down decorations till like january 8th or 10th <laughs> um partially because a i i don't really like taking them down because they're pretty and at the same time i also was like mm, i'll do it later <laughs> but yeah. the other part of that was we decided to do something every day that month and it was a lot more profound than just doing the 12 days that you know you would normally do and you know not to say that you, everybody every pagan out there needs to go and do 30 days of Yule. No, you don't have to. You can do one day of Yule if you want. Um, mm. But, or not celebrate at all, whichever you prefer. They're, like, you know, I was saying before, whereas like Midsummer, Midsummer is a good holiday, but it, I don't get much out of it. And part of that is because I also live in a really hot climate and Midsummer is mm. not enjoyable for me. Um, so, you know, that's one of the things, but I know a lot of people who do really get a lot out of that holiday, but it's not a big holiday for me. And uh, same with Embalk. Embalk is a good holiday. It's just not a thing where I get a lot of energy from it. But the bigger mm. ones like Beltane and all that, I do. So I think it's really awesome that you also really uh, love Yule and all of the energies that come with Yule. Especially, I think that we do need to stir up a lot more around that time because it's so dark and dreary in December. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, the, you know, our ancestors, our pagan ancestors, they kind of knew that anyway. You know, they've got it sauced. We should really listen to them. Yeah. Because they, they did exactly that. They did exactly that. And there was that sense of community as well. And mm -hmm. looking out for each other and, you know, getting the, the food packages and making the harvest and, and bringing it all in together. And, and, and the, you know, it was a really different time and compared to now where people are just very, very... Although we've got social media, you do feel like we're alone. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that we kind of talk a little bit about that feeling as well. Um, I watched a TikTok recently where um, the 
creator is trying to inspire people to do their own gardenings and get to know their neighbors and all that. And it's true. So many of us don't know our neighbors. We don't communicate mm. with our neighbors. We just kind of live in our nice little bubble of our homes. And so we don't have that community sense like we used to, or our communities are spread across the globe because of the internet, the people that yeah. we want to associate with. And, you know, I think that we definitely, especially in these trying times, need to start kind of getting to know our communities a little bit better and kind of starting to rely on each other instead of just trying to rely on ourselves. Because let's face it, it's hard to do it all by yourself. It's true. Absolutely. So yeah, hard. Definitely. Um, but, you know, that kind of segues us a little bit into your book from Wiser. Uh, which is a spell book for the seasons. And that book really does kind of break down some of more so, I would say, than even your seasonal magic book. It really breaks down a lot of like the deity work and different things. And um, it's also a gorgeous book, everybody. It's absolutely stunning. <laughs> it is. It is a beautiful book. I have to admit, it, it was beautiful. It is. It is lovely and they've reissued it uh why is uh, reissued it because it came out in 2019 over here in the uk and, and of course over in america but um i think because of the publishing was like changing hands and this that and the other they didn't do as much with it but now i think they are doing a bit more with it and things mm -hmm. but yeah it, it got re republished over in in the states by visor and uh I have I I don't know if there's anything different about it. It's a nice size. It's it's bigger than the little books yes. of Hedgewitchery, but it's um it's quite a yeah it's quite a nice size and, and every single page is beautifully illustrated. Yes. You know every every single color under the sun is used and every single image is on. You know the illustrators are, are absolutely amazing. I, I you know take my hats off to them of that book it is a gorgeous gorgeous book that you can just keep out on the coffee table on the table you know it's it's not one for the shelf it is definitely one to be looked at it's also one that's also practical it, you know i like what you said that it's a good coffee table book because it is absolutely mm. stunning but it is also a good practical book you know like me just sitting here just flipping up into a page it has a wiccan funeral ceremony in it which a lot of yeah. pagan books don't have funeral ceremonies um mm. And so that's kind of one of those things that it is just as practical as it is beautiful, but it has so many great offerings in it as well to kind of connect you to the different seasons and um, even the different deities associated with those seasons. And you did such a beautiful job with it. So uh, first of all, hats off to you as well as the author um, and Thank the you. illustrators as well. They've done such a gorgeous job with it. But yeah, it, it is definitely a book that I think that if you kind of pair the two, they um, book the little Hedgewitch's book and this one they pair very nicely together and mm. they do so in such a way that if you want lots of practical applications for the seasons you're going to refer to that hedge witch's book but if you want something that again is that coffee table book that is also practical and has different little tidbits about the seasons and informations about them then you're going to definitely refer to uh the other one but i would say that uh buy both because they go hand in hand with each other <laughs> oh thank you thank you yeah the 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 uh, wiser book that one has got um a lot of you know each season is covered by a deity so it was really a kind of an introduction into general witchcraft whereas the llewellyn books are specifically 
hedge witchery, mm -hmm. which is specifically me. I, I wrote the, originally I wrote the seasons book to, to teach people, you know, just the grounding works in, in each of the kind of deities that you can kind of follow within, within magic. Um, and I, and I grew up with them in different kind of seasons. Once again, everything was done by seasons. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, that's how I was kind of taught and learned um, magic was to do with the seasons. Um, and, and definitely here in, um, in the UK, in England, and also, you know, my family background as well, there's, there's a lot of um, Norse magic in, in, yes. in th that kind of... Uh, area where I live and also in my family my cousins are Danish so um you know it's around us all the time it, it you know this Viking influence that we that we have so that that Norse Norse mythology was very much there and it was always the gods of the north which was winter mm -hmm. so and and then of course the other side of the family is the Celtic side which has got all of the you know, the Irish, the Scottish, the Welsh, you know, the Pict, it was all there. Um, and that was spring. Very much it was spring. I would definitely then, say that as well. And, you know, it, the the books also paint all that beautiful imagery as well. Um, but yeah, you did such a great job connecting all the deities to all the different seasons and the way that you did. It's just done ex exponentially well in every thank aspect. You. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> So and I, I always come up with something that's like kind of unique mm -hmm. and weird, but I think that's the fact that I'm a hedge witch because, as you know, we kind of think out of the box. Yes. And not everybody thinks like us. And everybody's like, what? What is she on now? What is she talking about now? Like, well, you know. I think hedge witches are the ones that um, we can see all the aspects of all the different pantheons in their own individual rights. And we can also see all the aspects of different types of witchcraft in their own individual rights. And I would say hedge witches, this is my own personal opinion. So please, you know, the, the um, witch police don't come after me for this. But the truth is, I do believe that hedge witches are the original eclectic witches. Because yeah. I do think that we take what serves us from every aspect, even mm -hmm. though we are able to, you know ride the hedge as it traditionally states but i think that we are the ones that can definitely work with multiple deities from different pantheons we can also work do spirit work we can do that kitchen witchcraft we can do that garden witchcraft and that green witchcraft and you know do all of the things very easily and i would say that you know it's funny because when i was trying to figure out what kind of witch i was when i first started out I was like, well, I'm probably eclectic. This was before I ever even knew what a hedge witch was. And then I, mm. as I learned about what hedge witch was, I was like, you know, this seems like the exact same thing. <laughs> Just with a slightly different title and slightly different um, thing. But it was something that I, I was already doing all the hedge witch stuff. And then I was like, oh, so this has a formal title. Okay, now I know what I am. <laughs> and it was all stuff I had been practicing, but it's it's so interesting the way that we do that. And the other thing too, is I know that um, I would say probably up until maybe five or six years ago, at least in my neck of the woods in the US, Hedge Witch wasn't really talked about. It was all Eclectic Witch. Um, Hedge mm. Witch is kind of a relatively new term, at least around here it's been. 
So I really like the the surgence of this word that's coming out and the the title of it. And uh, I like that you're introducing it to us in so many ways. Yeah. It's, it's ironic that it's probably one of the oldest terms. Yes. <laughs> it, it, that's from the... Anglo-Saxon. Right. <laughs> Like, it's over a thousand years old and everybody's going oh it's new it's got nothing to do it's it's new it's just like green green witchcraft and you're like yeah nope it's old <laughs> we just learned the term that's why it's new to us <laughs> the, thing, the thing with the hedge witch is that she kept her mouth shut and she didn't come forward yeah that was the whole thing they kept very quiet because they do like their you know their privacy and they they're in their own little world and it's very rare that they come out um, and but I, you know, I kind of broke the mold. I, I stepped out of the broom closet. I came out. And, and, and you wrote uh, beautiful books all about hedge witchery. <laughs> <laughs> no, I broke the code. Sorry. Sorry, girls. <laughs> Sorry, sisters and brothers. <laughs> well, you know, that kind of brings us a little bit around to the first hedge witch book, um, which has been out since what, 2021? 20, Last year. Yeah. yeah this time sort of this time last year yeah, yeah. and uh also a great little book but it gives you a beautiful overview of what it's like to be a hedge witch and the different spells that encompass it um mm. so do you want to talk a little bit about maybe your process with that and why you chose to put all the pieces together that you did um yeah each one of the books in the in the little hedge witch's library is it it goes further down that there's like there's like one level and then there's another level underneath it so each each one is going further and further down i imagine this windy little road going down into this little cottage in the middle of the woods that's what the, each one of these books is doing so the first one i wanted to just we're just gently coming into hedge witchery and i'm and i approach it via the five the big five meaning love um money career health and family and in amongst these kind of themes there's also our belief system involved in that so we we, we approach each of them and we and i i talk about um and try to teach people how to make a uh, how to make basically a brew how to make a charm and how to make a spell mm -hmm. you, you and just approach it that way and also introduce the concept of hedgewitchery as well as how we interact and and we adhere to not only the deities but also the elemental beings and it's this elemental being aspect that is very important in hedgewitchery mm -hmm. um not just the fairies or you know tree spirits or anything like that but everything and in how this elemental being is another aspect of nature and this in absolutely central core within hedgewitchery to do with nature and the energies that are involved in nature and also the correspondences if you how much we are so integrated into it um i think if you were to use a scientific term i think that hedgewitches are the ones that would believe in the chaos theory you know the chaos yes. theory within that. yeah we, we we are literally the chaos theory if you've ever experienced the chaos we're the chaos theory that you know if a butter 
butterfly flaps its wings in New York, there's going to be a typhoon somewhere in the eastern, you know, in Pacific or something like that. Everything is connected to such an extent. And you have to respect that and adhere to that and acknowledge that in your practice and in your everyday lives. So the very first book, I was just introducing that. I was just, we were just gently going down that little steps towards the forest and into the forest by covering those different kind of um, life life matters, as I call them. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the, the old spells about love and, and, and marriage and friendship is all involved in them as well. And I approach things... I try to bring it out into the modern world. So there'll be spells about, you know, getting rid of, trying to, you know, get rid of debt or friends to, uh, or spells to help friends who may be a, a hoarder and who collects things and they can't see, they can't see literally the forest for the trees because they've got so much stuff in their house and they can't stop, you know. So I try to bring everything into the modern realm as well with hedge witchery. Yes. And you do a really great job about that. And, you know, it's funny, I actually saw a tweet just before our interview um, about a friend of ours who is actually using the bye-bye spell in the Little Hedge Witch's Book of Charms, Spells and Brews to cut all of those old negative ties that no longer serve us. So I thought that that was a really interesting coincidence. And I was like, oh, well, we're about to do an interview with her. And there's her book right in my Twitter feed. (laughs) Yeah, good. (laughs) It's a really great. um, And, you know, the funny thing about it is it does have a spell for pretty much almost anything you could need in it, which is really great. And then, you know, you go into the next book and the next book has all of the different aspects and it has tons of recipes. So for those of you who'd like to cook, those of you who'd like to can, those of you who like homesteading or gardening or any of that, that second book is definitely something you need to own because it has so many great recipes that also are easily amendable. So if you can't get something that's mentioned, you could substitute something else that would be equally as just as good. So they're, they're really great recipes that are in that book. So definitely go check those out. Um, but moving on to your other books, you have... I don't even know how many. I want to see like a dozen self-published books as well, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, that's the thing with me. I, I've been writing since I, well, uh, almost 30 years I've been writing. Um, and although I, a vast majority of them um, are no longer available, because I, I have a thing that when I do put um, self-published books, and that's one of the beauty of self being self-published, is that you can go, right, that's been out now for a year, I'm going to delete it. So I do do that with my books. I do that with all my books, because I don't just write as um, Tudor Bear mm-hmm. in my witch mind. Um, you know, because we're, we're, we're made up of like three areas. We're made up of mind, body, and soul. And so I write under three different pseudonyms. So I'm Tudor Beth for me, because that's exactly what I am. That's So, that, so that's body. My mind is, I write under SL coin or Sarah coin. And then um, my, my soul is, is basically Flora Beth Edwards. So I write my children's books about that. Mm-hmm. And all three of those will have an element of spirituality with them. There will all be, there'll be something about them. So my books that are SL coin, they're very, um, they're uh, oh, a bit like the Celestine Prophecy. 
mm-hmm. don't know if you remember the Celestine prophecy. Yes. They're, 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 they're in that kind of MBS, mind, body, and spirit kind of genre. So they, they, they are, you know, there is that theme running through all my books. But yeah, I've been writing for like 30 years. And like I say, I've, I've had books published. Um, and I, and I, I've published them myself and things, self-published. And, but I will delete them after a year. I'll go, right, that's it. That one's gone now. Or I might reintroduce it and I might republish it. Like uh, in the city books, I did oh, about 10, 15, 10 years ago. There was a series of books that came out, five books, um, and it was sort of a pub- and they were published. Um, and then the publisher kept them for about three years. That was the contract. And then they came back to me. And so then I self-published them and then I deleted them, the files. And now I've republished them again just for this year because it's been the 10th, the 10th year that they will be out. So it's like I'll do that every so often. But by the end of this year, I probably will take them out, um, you know, delete the files again. <laughs> so that's what I do. So if you see books that you go, oh, that's a Tudor Beth book, mm-hmm. you know, have a look at it because chances are this time next year, I will have deleted it and it will not be there. Because <laughs> that's just what I'm like. That's just what I'm, that's what I do. I've had no end of books. So I was actually counting it up how many books I've probably written. And I think I'm, 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 I'm getting up to the hundred mark. Seriously, oh, wow. I'm getting up to the hundred mark. Really? Because I also, like I say, I also write children's books and I've written um, picture books as well. I wrote a, a picture book, which was completely mad and crazy, but it, I really liked it. It was Felix Trash and the Moonlock. And it was about <laughs> a little alien who comes out of this moon rock. And he wants to, and he's friends with this other the Felix Trash who lives in, in a garbage site. And it's it's very cute. Oh, that sounds <laughs> so that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and and the two of them then go off and build a spaceship out of absolute of rubbish, of trash. Um of and, and they fly <laughs> off uh, into space and then they try and clean up space that's Aww. been left by the messy human race. Yeah. It's told in, in poem uh, in rhyme as well so oh that's so cute (laughs) Um, well you know people out there if you're wanting to go and get all of Tudor Best books most of her books that are self-published are available on Kindle so you will not be able to get hard copies of those those are all digital and go snag them before she deletes them and make sure you read them too don't just buy them and forget about them because (laughs) then you may not have access to them anymore (laughs) (laughs) this is it this is it I'm just that's what I do. I just go, right, okay, time for something new. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. Uh, and part of your self-published books that you've got coming out that you're still, I think, working on, because I think you've got another couple that come out this year, are your Witchy Axe series, right? Yes, the Witchy Axe. Yes, actually, they're all done. Oh, they are? Okay. I yeah, thought, thought that one wasn't coming out till like October or something like that. No, no, the October one is out. It's the Cosmic Witch. Um, the Witchy Act is a series um, that I've been developing for quite some time. And it's just um, each month, there's a particular type of witchcraft practice that is kind of prevalent. And of course, it's a different type of, of witch that just has a different kind of view at something. So for example, March is the Hedge Witch. Um, 
and and then there's also what I've also put into that as well. I I wrote um, because of your good self. I I wrote uh, the witch's child, mm -hmm. and it's kind of a it's an, an amalgamation of all of the witchy acts. So all of the different twelve types of witches is in there, but it's in relation to children. So if you've got a child that's born like in October, and you think, oh, I wonder what kind you know what kind of prevalence of magical practices or what they might like um and so it tells you all about them so there's an amalgamation of all the different types for the 12 for the 12 months for the whole year it also tells you about uh, the creative uh, talents the natural creative talent for each each month so uh will it be good at you know um painting or would they prefer dancing or would they prefer you know photography would they like to be behind the camera instead and and taking photographs you know um so all different types of those kind of things and also who would be their most likely to be their best friend and who most likely is just going to be a natural kind of uh, rival who's 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 going to be the one that's going to that they're just not going to mix because sometimes <laughs> people don't mix in playground you know kids just don't it's got a clash of personalities. There you go. I think that that's so awesome. And um, yes, my daughter and I were the inspiration for this book after yes. our original interview that we did with you on Chaos and Shadows. So that was such a really fantastic thing. And the book itself, The Witch's Child, is actually a lot of fun to read. It's a quick little read. Um, I want to mm. say it's like 53 pages or something like that. Um, yeah. But it is a great little read, especially if you have kids and um, kids who are witchy inclined. Definitely go check out that book as well. Uh, so many books, so many awesome things that you have written. And you also have some really cute children's books out there as well that you would recommend it. I put on my wish list, but now I'm going to have to go buy them since I know that there's a time limit on them. <laughs> <laughs> well fortunately you see this is this is the good thing with me when it when it when i because i've all i'm also traditionally published is that if i'm traditionally published i can't delete them no you can't delete those ones just the self-published yeah, exactly <laughs> that's it and that's it so that that's kind of a good thing when they're traditionally published is that like they're safe they're not gonna be you know oh press the delete button one night you know but, oh okay <laughs> I, I would probably also do like a little um, ritual with it as because because it'd be like a cleansing ritual. And I just I've, you just kind of get that vibe and you go, OK, let's let's get rid of this now. Let's get rid of this. I mean, you know, it's I, always good to kind of recycle some of that energy. And, you know, yeah. if it, it's meant to come back. It always does come back in some way, shape or form. Um, I've never done that with creative work though. Oh, that's a, that's a scary thought to think about. Now I have gone back I, I, oh, with my own books. I have gone back and issued new editions of them. I've gone back and re-edited them and given them new covers and deleted the old versions, but, um, mm. I've never just straight up hit the delete button on any of my books. I don't know if I could yeah. have the heart to do it. It's like, oh gosh, once it's out there, it's out there and it's stuck forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's really fun and exciting. And, you know, I think it's cool that you do that because it gives um, everybody that chance to go grab it before it's gone because you never know it's going to disappear. So go grab it, your copies, everybody. Uh, well, this, that, that's the thing. It's like with nature, sometimes you got to do a bit of pruning. And mm -hmm. sometimes some plants really need to be cut right back. Um, and, and that's how I view my writing as well. It's like I, I think of it like a big buddleia. You know, those 
those big trees, the big bushes that you get like buddly. We have buddlias growing everywhere and they you just they'd love to be cut right back. And the more you really cut them back, the better they grow the next year. So that's a bit yes. like my writing. <laughs> we have a vine yeah. here that nobody likes, but we all have to do that. And it's called Katsu. And it it will literally take over buildings. And really? uh, right. yeah, it will destroy buildings and it uh, just completely encompass them. Uh, the good thing is that Katsu is actually edible. Um, ah. Yeah, you can actually cook the leaves up. Like, you know, if you were going to like saute up spinach or something like that, you can cook the leaves up just the same. Uh, the downside is that if you plant katsu, it will take over your house, your yard, and everything in between and kill everything underneath it. That's the downside. Oh. Uh, it's an invasive uh, weed that we have here. But uh, it's really funny, too. When I first moved here and we would – there's a particular spot on in one of uh, the sections of my city that we call New Providence. And there is a patch of katsu that they have to burn it out every year. That's the only way to get rid of this. You can't cut it back because it will just grow – grow right back you have to burn it um right. and when it was growing along the hillside where this road went through it was climbing up over the power lines and it was wrapped around <gasps> the power lines and it was coming back down and wrapping around itself on the ground so you had just these walls of vines on the other side of the road it was really cool to look at because you know i'm from the desert in new mexico so i'd never seen anything like that i was like oh that's pretty can we grow that and my husband was like no <laughs> But it, it was really fascinating and amazing to watch. And it's it's so fascinating to see how nature can take over something like that. Um, now, mm. granted, of course, katsu is not a good plant to grow, but it is something that if we learned how to work with it, you know, if you got to cut it back, you got to cut it back by burning it. But if you can't mm. and you can harvest it to eat it, there's a survival crop for you. There you go, everybody. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's good. Yeah, it's it's a really fascinating thing. Uh, but yes, Tudor Beth, we are about out of time. So thank you again for being here. Tell everybody where they can find you, social media wise, what they can do to connect with you. Uh, we've already talked a lot about the books. Um, and you have a new book that's coming out what, next year, later this year. It's part of the Hedge Witches oh. series. I don't know how much you can talk about yes. that, but um, I, think, I don't. I can. I will say it. Yes, it's the next one in the series. And it's all about flowers. It's going to be a good one, everybody. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah, I really love this one. I really love this one. Too. I love everyone. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just one of those mothers that I just love all my children and all my books are my children. I mean, okay, granted, I do delete them every so often. <laughs> <laughs> so really like a best. mother bird kicking their their little bird out of the yeah. house or out of the nest That's and be like, right. okay, now it's time for you to go live your life. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be free. Go. <laughs> so maybe I'm not the best mothers, but yes, everyone. I, mean, I think of me a bit like Queen Victoria because she liked them when they were babies and that was nice. Aww. And then, then when they got older, she didn't want to know them anymore. So yeah, maybe that was it. So she kept that's why hair and Albert kept having children. Um, oh, that's yeah. so funny. <laughs> they had about nine of them. But yes, yes. So I I love I love writing them and I, I love to, you know, I can't wait to see the cover for this next one. And and to hold it, there's something about, as you probably know, when you're holding mm -hmm. your book in your hand and you go, oh 
Yeah, stuff. you get that kind of like, I can't believe I made this. I made this. Do you see this? This yeah. is mine. I made it. It's so exciting. Uh, but I can't wait for the next one. The next one's going to be fantastic. Uh, and you're also on Twitter and TikTok. TikTok, yes. I was about to say and Facebook, but I don't think you're on Facebook. Maybe no, yeah. no, not Facebook. Facebook is the only one I'm probably not on. So I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'm Tudor Beth in all of them. On Instagram, I'm Tudor Beth 7. But if you just type in Tudor Beth, it'll come up with me. And they're so random. Like my TikTok is so random, the kind of stuff that's in there, because I'm also a, a postgraduate in medieval studies as well. So I, and one of my favorite things to do, to, you know, in amongst writing books and deleting them, but is to, <laughs> is to go around um, all our like medieval churches mm-hmm. and cathedrals and things and just looking at them. So there's quite a lot of really good um, videos on TikTok of these really ancient churches and things. So if you like churches, um, or if you, oh, there's one that I went through uh, visit the other week, and it's on TikTok. I don't know if any, you've had a chance to look at it, but it's um, a Tudor memorial from Tudor times oh, in this wow. little church in the middle of nowhere. It's like this is farming country, okay? We're surrounded by fields, and yet this church is like seven, eight hundred, nine hundred years old, um, and inside it is this. It's the biggest. M- Tudor original Tudor memorial and mausoleum you've I've ever seen of this of this lord that was there originally and it's just phenomenal I mean so if you get a chance check it out it's I think it's three minute because you can only have three minutes on TikTok mm-hmm. but it's a three minute video and it, it's just amazing looking at it it's just unreal it's it, it, crazy it really is in the middle of nowhere middle of nowhere Lincolnshire this is the most amazing Tudor. Oh, that mo- sounds so awesome. That, yeah. I I will. I have not gotten to check it out. Um, I will be honest. I've only been on TikTok a little bit this morning. And that was while I was uh, looking at my coffee. And I haven't seen it yet. But I will definitely <laughs> check it out. Um, so everybody go check out Tudor Beth on TikTok. <clears throat> Excuse me as I almost choke myself. Uh, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Go te- check her out there. You are also an instructor at the... England's version of the School of Witchcraft or Wizardry, the British. Yes. yes. And you guys are yes. doing um, site renovations there right now, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're uh, updating it and everything. So hopefully uh, the new website will have include, uh, you know, links to this podcast. It will have links to absolutely everything I do, all my um, articles and features that I write and all the different websites that I write for and all my books up there as well and as well as the lessons and things but if people wanted to learn you know initially um, there is a course that I put up there on one light consciousness on YouTube that's what it's called mm-hmm. one light consciousness on YouTube and the spells on there for each month and there's also there's there's like the uh, a witchcraft course there as well so if people are just you know dipping the foot into the craft and not too sure check out one light consciousness because all the videos and teachings are up there and that is definitely really awesome i look forward to seeing the new site and all of the 
cool things that you guys put up there. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for some witchcraft classes, that is a great place to check those out as well. Also, if you're just somebody who likes to learn on your own time, check out all of Tudor Beth's books, all of her TikToks and everything in between. Tudor Beth, thank you so much for joining me again for this recording. And we look forward to having you back on the show as soon as your newest book comes out with Llewellyn. Yes. And we are excited for that. So everybody out there, take care, be safe, good, be good to each other, be good to the planet, and we will talk to you all very soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.